It's the American Pipeline Podcast presented by Bedham Jim and McKenny Hockey. I am Mike Stevens. This is Sydney Wolf from the Rink Live. Sydney, how you doing? Doing good. I feel like we're sort of evolving this show into a little, we'll have a little bit more like, I don't know, in-depth, I guess, type topics here now that things have slowed down and we don't have like constant crazy mm. news all the time since we're, you know, college season is done. We still have, you know, USHL and some other stuff, but we're kind of evolving into like a, I don't know, a, a more fun time where we can talk a little bit more in depth about something. So I think we'll have a a fun show today and and in the next few weeks too it'll be fun because we get to do some you know a little bit different things here and there now yeah absolutely well why don't we start off um with talking about some of the u18 worlds you know this could be uh you know there, there's a lot of ushl stuff that's going on there's you know uh, uh there, there's a lot that, that sort of ties in here so let's talk let's start talking about that speak starting with uh usa's game versus latvia this morning um, seems like, you know, we're getting some very interesting stuff here from a potential, you know, next wave of, of guys who are going to be filling in the, uh, like we said, the American pipeline. Yeah, I was able to watch the whole game. I guess it was this morning for anyone who would be in USA or Canada, but I assume it was like a nighttime game there since they're in Switzerland and they're, you know, hours and hours ahead. Uh, but the USA was kind of funny. The opening period, they were actually outshot by Latvia. And then all of a sudden in the second period, they scored like three times and then four times in the third period, um, mostly just because Latvia didn't really do well with the with the IHF officiating. I know everybody always says, you know, they call things differently at those world tournaments. They're a lot pickier about, you know, certain hits and stuff like that. And they just, it just looked like their style of game, they just got so penalized and I don't think they were ready for that. So that kind of sucks if, if you were rooting for Latvia. But obviously if you're a Team USA, I think they had four total power play goals. So that's kind of a lot uh for the game it was seven to one uh Ziv Booyam and Cole Hudson were were the top defenders on the team for this game they both had like over 19 minutes of time on ice which led the the team for that game and they both played really well especially Cole Hudson Lane's brother you know they they have some some good players in that family that we've talked about here on the show Will Smith had a really good game he had two goals Ryan Leonard was player of the game he had three points Cole Hudson had three assists. Um, and then they had a couple of guys too, like Casey Terrance uh, was a guy who doesn't play for the NTDP, but he made the team for USA. And I thought he looked really good. Uh, Gabe Perot looked good. Iserman, Oliver Moore, you know, a bunch of names that you're probably going to be hearing here either at the draft this year or next year, you know, if they're younger guys or the year after, because we have James Haggins, who's really, really young. Um, and then too, like goaltending, I thought Trey Augustine looked pretty good. He only let up one goal and the one goal he did was a shorthanded breakaway. So, you know, not, not a ton you can do with that. And then Hampton Slukinski was able to get, I think it was like seven minutes. He got towards the end, uh, was able to just, he stopped all, I think four, four or five shots he faced. So that was cool to get him in, get some playing time. Uh, and then I guess also this morning I saw too, that Canada and Sweden, I saw that Canada did not have a great time uh, playing Sweden, but I'm sure everybody obviously is watching Macklin Celebrini. We've talked about him mm -hmm. plenty on the show. He's really yes, good. We have um, obviously a huge name to watch for, for next year. And obviously this year too, because he's been on a tear in the USHL. So I assume that's not going to be all of their games, uh, but they didn't really have the start they wanted, but still some big names to follow on a couple of the teams. And uh, yeah, we just started that tournament. So we'll probably have more and more coverage of that and more talking more about it over here the next few days as all the teams 
start playing and we see some guys that are probably going to emerge as the top players. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Celebrini, you know, obviously is the, uh, he's the next guy to get hyped about, at least when it comes to uh, the 2024 draft. Uh, so that'll be really interesting thing to track here. Let's talk about the USHL though. Um, namely, who are the top prospects to watch heading into the draft? You know, because uh, the, the NHL's final um, central scouting list uh, ahead of the 2023 draft, it has come out. Um, so we all we know now, you know, what the what the rankings are. They're set in stone. Nothing can really change from here on out, um, at least on the on, on the central uh, uh, scouting rankings. Let's talk about some of the, the top sort of, uh, I guess, draft eligible prospects that uh, are, are coming in here. Yeah, so what I did, since obviously we don't have time to talk about every single American mm-hmm. Pipeline guy on the on the central scouting list, I just went through like the first page and page and a quarter maybe and took down some of the names that we've either talked about or maybe just some of the top guys from USHL, NTDP, and there's a couple of NCAA guys too. Um, but obviously, to nobody's surprise, Fantilli's still at, still at number two. Um, so that, that wasn't really surprising. We've already talked about him so much. He's had an insane year. So I don't think anyone was really surprised by that, but it might be interesting to see if he decides to come back for a second year of NCAA or if he gets drafted and, you know, tries to, tries Mm -hmm. to go pro for next year. It probably will also depend on who drafts him. I assume that will probably also have uh, something to do with it. So that could be interesting. Uh, but a lot of those NTDP guys, those national team guys we just mentioned for that USA Latvia game, there's a lot of those guys that are really high just in the North American skater rankings. Will Smith is is at number three. Ryan Leonard's at five. Oliver Moore's at eight. So those are all, you know, right within a couple spots of each other. Gabe Perot's at 10. And just a couple spots down in that too. Danny Nelson was at 22. So not really surprising because those guys always, there's always a handful of them that are in the top uh, half of, half of the draft or just in that first round sort of category. So a lot of those guys did really, really good uh, in the final central scouting rankings. They're still high. Um, UConn's Matthew Wood is number four. He moved up a couple spots on, in the North American skaters list. And he's going to be interesting to see where he goes. He's got pretty good size. He's six foot three, 190 pounds and had just a, a monster of a season, honestly, for UConn. He had 34 points in 35 games. So just shy of, of a point per game and led the team in points actually. So that was uh kind of crazy. I know some of his teammates though, for example, Ryan Tverberg uh, already signed mm-hmm. with Toronto. So we'll see, you know, a lot of these guys, are they going to be tempted to leave? Are they going to stay? We'll see. He had a really good season. Um, he previously played on, on Canada's U18 team uh, and was a guy for them. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with him because he's probably going to be called high, pretty high, or his name's going to be called pretty high in the draft. And I thought it was interesting too. We don't typically talk about the the BCHL much mm-hmm. um, on the show, but there's a couple of guys really high on there that are headed to play college hockey, like Bradley Nadeau, who is 17 and he's committed to play for Maine and he has 113 points in 54 games. That is absolutely insane. Uh, And he's going to be assumably playing college hockey here in the next year or two. Uh, And his name is really high up there. He was 17 on North American skaters. Uh, And there was another couple BCHL guys that were fairly high as well. Um, There's a guy from Russia, Adar Sunayev, Sunayev, again, sorry on the pronunciations, uh, but he was committed to to UMass. So a couple of guys there that are planning on heading to college hockey. 
we've talked about a lot of these guys like Michigan's Gavin Brinley uh, was at 23. He's, he's really good. Not the biggest guy, five foot nine. Um, but he had a really good, I thought freshman season this year, 38 points in 41 games, you know, had a, has strong world junior cup showing. So I think he's probably going to go pretty high. Um, kind of a one that I've heard some different opinions on is Wisconsin's Charlie Stramel. Um, mm-hmm. He was around 20. He sat around 20. Some guys have him higher. Some guys have him way lower than that. Um, I've heard a lot of different opinions on him. He's a big dude, 6'3", 215 pounds. Um, didn't have a ton of points this year, but he plays for Wisconsin, who didn't have a great season. And obviously now they're going through a coaching change. So take those numbers with a grain of salt. We'll see where he ends up in the draft. And some of the top USHL guys we've already talked about. I think all of these names in the past on the show, if you've been listening. Um, but the top USHL guys on the list were Will Whitelaw, Jaden Perrin, Andrew Strathman, um, a couple of international guys playing in the USHL, Martin Misiak, Maxim Sturback, and then other guys too, like Gavin McCarthy, Tanner, Tanner Ludke. Uh, you know, a lot of really good players in the USHL that I think are going to go pretty high this year. Um, and there was a bunch more after that. You can look up the whole final central scouting list if you want to, but uh, those are just a couple of the guys that stood out to me on that first, you know, page and a half, something like that. Uh, Obviously a ton of NTDP guys. There's a lot of USHL guys um, and a couple of NCAA players as well. And a a handful of BCHL guys. So I always think it's interesting to, to see where they end up on that final list. And now we just have to wait it out into the actual draft to see where their name's called and, see you know how how accurate that was and what teams they're going to be going to yeah you know we've seen this trend in in recent years uh going back to your point about you know whether or not guys are going to stay in college of of wanting to stay picking their spot you know uh waiting to start until they're ready i mean you know Owen power went back to school um you know after he was the first overall pick uh even you know like matthew nye stayed next year because he wanted to dominate before he took that next step so and we don't know like fantilly will likely be drafted by a team who it's going to be a tough couple of years uh, for that team moving forward. They're you know? probably like, going to want him. They're going to probably need him in a way. So I'm sure they're going to, you know, put some pressure maybe on him to join, but I don't know. Cause we'll, but, we'll see that with Logan Cooley too, who has yet to make a decision for him too with, with Arizona. I wonder like, you're right. And, and like, I, I do wonder though, whether or not, uh, whether or not like the teams will be pressuring them or be like, Hey, you know, if you want to take another year, take another year because like Chicago is already no, they already know they're not going to be good for a couple of years. Like they've yeah. already made that distinction. I think Arizona knows that as well. Um, it, I mean, it, if you get drafted to a team like Columbus who are definitely trying to turn it around next year, then I think they'll, they'll put more pressure on. But if he gets drafted to an Arizona to a, um, to a Chicago, something like that, I feel like they'll be like, Hey, you know, just take a, or, or even like a Philadelphia, um, like they likely won't get the second overall pick, but like they just did that with Cutter Gauthier where he was just where they explained it. He's like, yeah, I'll go back to school for another year. You know, like I, there's no rush, you know, we'll wait until we're on the upswing and you can play meaningful hockey. And, you know, that's, it's an, it's interesting trend that'll impact, you know, how quickly we see, uh, how quickly we see some of these top guys in the NHL. Yeah. And either way, a lot of those guys too, Fantilli Cooley, if they come back next season, they're going to have, you know, I assume just huge years after they, they both already did this year, but I'm sure their teammates probably too are like, Hey, you should come back and and (laughs) play with us because both those teams had deep runs this year. So if they can get those guys back, I'm sure both of those teams would be pretty happy about that because those are two, you know, really, really big players that, are just awesome. So it'd be cool to see them come back, but yeah, a lot of variables coming into play over the next few months. 
Absolutely. All right. Uh, moving on to Minnesota State and Wisconsin. Basically, you know, these are two teams, two very, very prominent uh, programs that have made coaching changes recently. And so, you know, obviously in, in the world of college hockey, when you make a coaching change, uh, you know, that that has a big impact on recruits. That has a big impact on your ability to recruit new players. What is the impact here uh, on these two? Again, very big uh, and very important hockey programs uh, swapping bench bosses. Yeah, so this is kind of interesting because usually, you know, if there's a coaching change, it's not it's a big deal, but it's not super crazy sometimes. And this one is interesting because Minnesota State, uh, Mankato, which is located, you know, if you're not from Minnesota, kind of like the southwestern part of Minnesota and then Wisconsin, you know, they're not that far away, honestly, from each other. And so Minnesota State's head coach and assistant coach now took over at at Wisconsin. So it's kind of like, well, what's going to happen with all those recruits now? If you're a guy from Wisconsin that was planning on coming into Wisconsin, are you still going to want to do that? Or are you going to want to go somewhere else? And for Minnesota State recruits, you know, if you were committed to go that to that school, are you going to want to follow the coach to Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to stay committed to that <laughs> school and and their new coach? Who I think their new coach is, is going to be a a really good coach, but obviously, you know, that really changes your whole recruiting process. Since a lot of guys commit to a program sometimes for the coaches, coaches and the coaching staff. So we have kind of a really unique situation here. And with the transfer portal, it makes things very strange. And we've already seen um, this happen a little bit here. So we had a couple of Minnesota state guys enter the transfer portal And some of them have already said that they're going to be following uh, Coach Hastings over to Wisconsin. So those guys are going to be following him. And if you're a Minnesota State fan, it definitely stings a little bit because you wanted to watch them for your team. But obviously, it seems like they want to stay with that coach and and go over to Wisconsin. So that includes uh, some some big name players here like uh, Simon Tassie and, and Christian Fitzgerald. They were really good uh, players. And then there's a, a couple of other ones as well, like David Cilia, who is a really, really good player this year as well. So I think those are the only three as of now. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised though, if there are any others, um, which will be interesting, but there was also some players from Minnesota state that went into the transfer portal that aren't going to Wisconsin. So that mm. was interesting too. Um, Bennett Smolik ended up uh, announcing he's going to North Dakota Obviously, we said a couple of shows ago that they need to replace essentially their entire defensive core. So they were looking for for strong defensemen to come up to their program. So wasn't super surprised by that. Um, but some interesting things too. Minnesota State actually announced that they're bringing in two transfers. So that I assume that means whoever is left on on the coaching staff probably brought those guys in. Um, and so we have those two. One is Denver's Tyler Haskins, and he's actually a, a Minnesota native. So I wasn't super surprised to see him going to Minnesota State since he's from the southern part of Minnesota. So that's fairly close to home for him. He was a freshman at Denver last year and previously had success in the USHL. So I thought that was a, a good addition for them. And they also said that uh, Jordan Power of Clarkson would be heading their way and he's a six foot one defender. So adding him onto their roster, he had 13 points last year for Clarkson and and was a junior, I believe. So that was kind of interesting. And then Wisconsin side, it's going to be interesting to see also like if their recruits end up staying going into Wisconsin or if they try and do something else. We've already seen a little bit of both. Um, there's been a couple guys that have flipped their commitments already. 
Uh, some of the big ones, one of them was Boston Buckburger, which is a great name, I got to say. We always mm-hmm. <laughs> shout out those good names on this show. But he's uh, a really good defenseman in the USHL right now, 5'11", uh, left-handed defenseman. And he has 44 points in 60 games for Lincoln, which is really, really good. Uh, and he was Wisconsin, and I heard that it is now going to be Denver. So that's Ooh. one guy that already said, you know, okay, I might I'm just – Take this as, as a time for me to, to flip things a little bit. Uh, and then another big one recently was Aiden Fink of the AJHL. So, again, a league we don't always talk about mm. a ton. Uh, but he's the guy that, again, a little bit smaller, 5'9", but he's been really, really good. He has 97 points in, in 54 games, which is absolutely crazy. And he said he's going to Penn State. So that's another big one that there seems like they're not taking the chance. They're just going to go somewhere else. I don't know if maybe that was – in the works from when they announced that there was going to be a coaching change or what a lot of different decisions that go into that. And then another one too, that I saw was uh, Luke Lewandowski of the NAHL. He flipped from Wisconsin to Lake Superior state and he's over a point per game right now for Wisconsin in the null. So a couple different guys from a couple different leagues, but they have all kind of, you know, done what they think is best for them. And Wisconsin also has a lot of players of their own in the transfer portal. Uh, Shea Donovan, Robbie Newton, Liam Malmquist, and goalie Jared Moe, I think, are the guys as of now. Um, but again, I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple more possibly trickle in over over mm. the next few weeks, just because those coaching changes make everything, you know, a, a little bit complicated. But otherwise, it'll be fun to see in the next few weeks where everybody decides to go, if they're staying, if they're going, if they're committing somewhere else, if they're transferring, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, so we have a lot of decisions ahead of us, but it's complicated, but we'll try and keep you updated on what all happens with some of those top prospects and where they're going or if they're staying or if they're leaving. We will do our best. All right, let's get into looking through other teams, uh, American Pipeline. We are ripping through the Atlantic Division um, and we have landed on the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, obviously a team that has basically made a, uh, they've, they've made a, a, a dynasty a lot of out of like smart drafting you know smart development and being able to identify guys uh you know undrafted free agents guys like that um a lot of those guys potentially could come from college let's start with dylan duke of michigan uh you know 20 year old guy uh 2021 fourth round pick yeah so we've talked a lot about so many michigan players this year because they have a lot of really really good guys on the team and Dylan Duke was playing on on that top line left wing for a good chunk of time here this year for Michigan. Obviously they had a, a really deep run this year going all the way to the frozen four. Again, not necessarily the biggest guy, but that doesn't really seem to be a problem for him. He's five foot 10, about 180 pounds or so. Uh, from what I've read and from what I've seen, he seems to be really good, you know, in, in tight spaces when he doesn't have a, a ton of room or time and space, good at looking for deflections. He's good in front of the net and he was a national team guy. So obviously some prestige there. Uh, and he actually had a really good season. I thought he almost doubled his point production from his freshman year. He was a sophomore this year. He had 19 points his freshman year, which was pretty good. It's already a good number. Uh, But then this year he picked it up. He had 32, which was really good. So uh, I think it'll be interesting to watch him. I assume he would be coming back for another year, but we'll see just because we've already had so many signings. Doesn't mean you still can't. Um, There's still obviously time here in the off season for people to 
make their decision. But he had a really good World Junior Cup showing as well. His younger brother plays uh, for Ohio State. Uh, so I assume this is a guy that would probably come back and try and just dominate even more next year since Michigan still has some guys that are going to be really good. Um, but he's he's going to be a fun player to watch. Uh, regardless, I think he's a really good prospect for Tampa Bay to have. Absolutely. All right. Now we got Klobs Weinbergs or Weinsbergs, sorry, uh, from Lincoln of the USHL. Clearly from that name, he is from Latvia, <laughs> as you should all know. Um, he's a seventh round pick in 2022. Uh, but, you know, put up some interesting some interesting numbers. And I remember, you know, being at the draft uh, when they drafted him, bit of a, you know, there was there was a little bit of buzz around him. Yeah, this I think will turn out to be probably a pretty good seventh round pick. Obviously, sometimes we talk about seventh round picks being a gamble. Sometimes they turn out really good and sometimes it's players that, you know, they just do sort of okay and don't really have a pro career. But I think this will be a good one um, because he's doing pretty good in the USHL and he's definitely got good size as well. He's six foot three, about 200 pounds. So obviously that's really good size there. And he's currently playing as the, the top line center for Lincoln of the USHL. So you don't just, you know, do that for no reason. And he's in his first year of juniors in the USHL as well. After obviously he was from Latvia. Uh, he's one of those guys who's committed to Minnesota state, which we just talked about with the coaching change I assume he would still be committed there I haven't heard anything else but he's probably gonna have to have a, a decision to make likely I assume he's gonna be talking to to the new coaches I haven't heard anything of him going anywhere else so I assume he's still headed there um this fall probably but he still has another year of junior eligibility so he could still play another year in the USHL um he also was a previous world junior cup guy for Latvia as well so that's a, that's a really good prospect who I assume is going to be playing for Minnesota State, but one of those guys that I'll be watching closely on the lineup sheet to see if that uh, commitment flips at all, but seems like he'll probably be a Minnesota State guy. Yeah, we'll have to see. All right, Max Crozier. Uh, I was at Providence. Now he's playing for uh, the their uh, Tampa's AHL affiliate in Syracuse. Big right shot defenseman. Um, interesting to see where he lines up. Yeah, he was a senior this year at Providence College and had his best year points wise. Honestly, he had three goals, 21 assists over 37 games, and he's already had a, a couple of points in, in the AHL. So he's been doing pretty good already adapting to that new level. He has three assists in nine games, so not too shabby there. And he was a, a top scoring defenseman for Providence. So if you're looking for somebody to contribute some, some offense on the defensive side, this is probably a good pick. He has some family ties to hockey too. His dad was a, a goalie at Cornell and his brother uh, just finished college and I believe is in the ECHL right now. So some family ties to hockey, but seems like he's had a pretty good start to the AHL and could be a, a good sort of offensive defenseman to have in the pipeline. Absolutely. All right. Eamon Powell from Boston College is a 2020 fourth round pick. Um, bit of an undersized left shot defenseman, but, you know, good skater. We'll have to see. Yeah, I've read that he's, like you said, a good skater, good on his edges. He can be, you know, offensive if he needs to, but he's still solid defensively, too. This is another national team guy. There's a couple on this list, um, so they have a couple good players from that program uh, in his junior year at, at Boston college, he had 22 points in 36 games. So good point production there. I think he could probably still step it up another level if he wanted to, but definitely pretty good point production there. He was the top scoring defenseman for BC. So that's 
pretty good, pretty good stat to have. Again, it seems like uh, Tampa Bay has quite a few offensive defensemen here in their pipeline, which is good to have. And his brother uh, also is, is a hockey player. So he's pretty good. I assume since I haven't heard any news on him, he would be coming back for BC since he's a junior why not come back for your senior year? Most of those guys, if they're coming back for their senior year, you also probably will get a degree on top of that, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, might as well just finish it up. But I assume he'll be back, and it would be cool to see him come back and and have just a, a really big senior year as one of the top D-men for uh, Boston College. Absolutely. Why not? All right. Nick Capone from UConn, uh, 2026th round pick. Yeah, so doing pretty good there. He's 21 years old from from Connecticut. Big guy again. There's some good sized uh, players here on this list. 6'2", 216 pounds. So big forward there. Uh, this is another junior and and who had their best year yet. It seems like we have kind of a trend of guys that are you know progressing better and better, which is what you want to see in the NCAA. Again, I assume he'll be back for a senior season since I haven't heard otherwise. But he's got 18 points in 35 games, so uh, I assume. We'll see him back for a senior year. And again, kind of like a bunch of these other guys, uh, I hope they come back and then they just have their their best year, their senior year, and then they're ready to take that next step uh, and head and head to Tampa Bay or or the, the AHL affiliate. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Isaac Howard uh, was at Minnesota Duluth. He will now be at Minnesota, or sorry, Michigan State in the fall. Um, he was the 31st overall pick. So first round pick uh, this most recent draft. Yeah, this was the guy I heard a lot of people say, like the Iceman, the the white suit guy from the mm, draft. Yes. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, that guy. Um, he had sort of a strange year this year with Minnesota Duluth. Obviously, he's a really good player, was a national team guy, good skater, good scorer. Didn't have the season that a lot of people I thought were I don't know, hyped about for him. He played for Minnesota Duluth, which they had kind of a rough year this year. So again, take those numbers kind of with a grain of salt. Um, But he was in the transfer portal and already announced he's going to to Michigan State. So he's likely wants to change things up. But even though he didn't have like this huge explosive season, people might have thought he still did pretty good. I mean, he had 17 points in 35 games, so he was still putting up points. I just assume that he's going to want to go to Michigan State transfer, you know, just start fresh start new and uh i assume he wants to get even better but yeah i i think the the transfer will probably be good for him it just seems like from what i've heard from a lot of people that his style of play just didn't really fit uh with a lot of the duluth style of play uh, well you know you never know when things are going to fit and when not but you know first overall big has got some good pedigree or sorry first overall pick first round pick uh, got some good pedigree. We'll we'll see what happens with him. All right, Robert Flinton of Dartmouth, 2021 seventh round pick. Another seventh round pick here. Turns 20 this summer, so still fairly young. Um, but he's in his first uh, NCAA season. He posted 15 points, so not too bad. Was able to get some there. Six goals, nine assists. Uh, and before that, in the USHL, he had one USHL season where he had. 21 points, so again, pretty good. And another good-sized player, 6'2 and 203 pounds. So it seems like that's kind of what Tampa's been going for here in a lot of these guys. And even though his points don't seem super flashy, he's actually fifth on his team in scoring. Um, Dartmouth didn't have a great season, so he was doing pretty good. His team just overall wasn't that good, but his numbers seem pretty promising for a freshman. Ah, Good to hear from him. All right, McCade Webster of Denver, uh, seventh-round pick in 2019. 
Another seventh round pick. We got quite a few of them here on this list, but 22 years old from St. Louis, 5'11 forward. His sister, McKenna Webster, actually is a really, really good women's hockey player for anyone who follows women's college hockey. But uh, McCade is a junior at Denver. He had 14 points in 30 games. I assume he's going to be back. Uh, I think for him, if he wants to really take that next step into pro hockey, he probably needs to up his scoring a little bit. It's got to be hard since Denver has a lot of really high-level prospects. So even just getting in their lineup can be tough sometimes because they just have a really deep team and some really good forwards. So I assume he's going to be back um, for Denver. And uh, he has good numbers. I just think he could take that that next step there. Yeah, we'll have to see as always. All right, Connor Kurth uh, from Minnesota, 2022, sixth round pick this time. This is a really good six round pick. I think he's a Minnesota guy from Minnesota place for them now. Uh, five foot 11, over 200 pounds, six round pick. He's pretty young still. He had a huge season in the USHL last year, over a point per game. And then this year, if you look at his stats, it doesn't seem like super crazy. 11 points this, this year over the season, but I think he's going to end up being a really good prospect. He was really fun to watch. And this year at Minnesota, they had so many high level prospects that it can be hard to, I don't know, really make yourself shine when you have some of these like crazy prospects like Nyes, Cooley, Snuggerud, all those guys in the lineup. So I think he will be really good. And I think uh, it'll be fun to watch him uh, develop and, and play another season at Minnesota, I assume next year. Sure. We'll be all right. And then finally, our last player is Alex Gagne from New Hampshire. Um, another sixth round pick, this one from 2021. And another guy with really good size, big guy, six foot three, over 200 pounds, left-handed defenseman, uh, sixth round pick. So again, sixth and seventh round, we got a lot of those guys here. Had nine points in 35 games as a sophomore. So not necessarily a ton of points, but uh, he was still top half in scoring for the roster for New Hampshire. So not too bad there. Uh, and he also wore an A as a sophomore, so I assume he's a pretty good leader, good locker room guy, which is nice to see. And another guy that I assume is going to come back and and keep on improving in, in the NCAA and in the American Pipeline. Absolutely. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show this week. Um, obviously, you know, the NCAA is not playing, but enjoy every other place that is still uh, playing. We'll be back next week to talk everything that's happening in the world of the American Pipeline. Sydney, thanks for doing this with me. We'll see you next week.